So we have a treat this morning. We have Don and Jamie each sharing from the word this morning. They're going to aim to keep it in 15 minutes each, which is um, rather heroic. <laughs> because when your heart is full, it's hard to, to really keep focused. And, um, but the powerful nuggets are in them, and they're here to share them with us this morning. So, Dawn, I believe you were first. Wonderful. Come on down. Thank you, Rena. It's not very often I have this opportunity, and it also makes me very nervous. So, um, yeah, don't be. Yeah, <laughs> it's only friends, right? <clears throat> okay. Um, so, what God has, what God has taken me through in the last little while, is a journey, and I just want to kind of. Um, just give you a couple nuggets of what God has spoken to me. I'm not going to tell you the journey I'm on, but um, I'm going to give you a couple nuggets that God has spoken to me just to keep me on track with the journey that he has called me to. So um, I got a couple scriptures. If you guys want to turn to Acts chapter 27. We'll start at verse... 13, Acts 27, 13. Now, this is a journey of Paul, and he is off to Rome, and he is taking a boat because he didn't want to walk. And, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so anyway, he, he told the people there, he said, we shouldn't go because of the way the storms and stuff are, a little bit of background, the way the winds and everything all come up. But they didn't agree with him. So in verse 13 here, we'll start. Okay. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw the opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, the wind of hurricane force called the Northeasterner swept down from the island. The ship was caught by a storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way and we were driven along. As we passed, uh, as we passed to the lee of a small island called uh, Kuda, I believe that's the way you say it, we were hardly able to keep the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Remember they had a lifeboat? Okay. The men hoisted it, hoisted it aboard and they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sartus. They lowered, they lowered um, a sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. But we took such a violent beating from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. How often do we, in a raging storm, in our own situations, in our own things of life, do we give up hope? Okay. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice. <laughs> 
It's good to say in the middle of a storm when somebody's talking to you, huh? When you're going through stuff. Not to sail to Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this danger and loss. But now I urge you to keep your courage. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood before me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. So keep your courage, men. I have faith that God, uh, <clears throat> I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Hey, how often have we heard the word of God when we are going through what we feel is a shipwreck. And yet, just a few verses before, all these men have given up hope. Let's go on to verse number uh, 30. Okay. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower an anchor from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes and held the li that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, you said, or he said, you have not been in, you have been in constant uh, suppress and have gone without food. You haven't anything to eat. Now I urge you to take some food. You need to survive. Not one of you will be lost, will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged, and they ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board with a lifeboat. That's a pretty big lifeboat for 276 men. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, okay, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land that they saw, or, the, or recognize the land, but they saw a bay that the, of a sandy beach. When they decided to run the ship aground, if they could, cutting loose the anchor, they left it in the sea, and at the same time, untied the ropes and held the rudders. They had hoisted uh, up the sail, and the wind had made it for the beach. But the ship struck another sandbar and ran aground. The bow st uh, struck fast, or stuck fast, and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the, of the surf. So the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and keep them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump uh, overboard first and to get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or other pieces of ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. There is a lot in that story. 
If you just read it, it just sounds like a simple story, but there is so much in there. And there was one sermon that Bob was preaching, and uh, I can't, I don't remember the content of it, but God spoke to me and I was sitting at the soundboard, and he says, don't get out of the boat. And I'm going like, what do you mean don't get out of the boat? I'm not in a boat. <laughs> he says, don't get out of the boat. And so over a period of time, God revealed what he was talking to me in, in his simple little words that I understand is don't get out of the boat. He revealed to me what he was actually saying and what the content of it was. So first of all, some things seem good to go ahead and do. But the timing isn't quite right. Okay. Everything looks good. Everything looks promising. Everything looks, you know, I can do this. Everything is in my favor. Now is the time to go. And a lot of times, it's not. So are we really sensitive to what God is saying of when the time to go is? Do we listen and do we hear? Right? The next thing is that we run into storms. We run into things that challenge us, that test us, that, that uh, move us in certain directions. And God says, how are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? Where are you headed? What's happening? Ask different questions. Ask different things. Things go through our mind. Did I hear God? Is this what God told me to do? You know, oh, this is going against me. It should all be just a bit of roses. You know, God promised me a rose garden, you know, but he didn't say that he took out the thorns. You know, all that other, you know. <laughs> and so there's a whole bunch of things that we just have questions about when we're in the storm. But are we still listening to God? Are we still hearing Him? Sometimes we do everything we can to hold what we have together. They girded the boat. They put ropes under the boat. They wanted to keep it everything intact because they didn't want to lose bits and pieces and everything. So a lot of times what we do is we take and we struggle and we try and keep everything all together. We have to do this. We have to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. You know, we try and keep what we have together. We try and keep our security together. We try and keep everything that we hold on to together. And the storm beats and beats and beats against us. What do we do? What do we do? Stay on the boat? We see a lifeboat. Do we take and we jump ship? Oh, now's my opportunity to get away. I can leave. I don't have to put up with all this frustration that I'm going through. I don't have to put up with these people who are... Who, who speak about me. I don't have to do this because, oh man, I got too much responsibility to handle. Oh, I don't. And all this other stuff that goes on. Do we jump ship? Do we take that lifeboat and do we say, look at it and go like, wow, there's my escape route. God has given me an escape route. He said that he would in his word. 
He said, you know, trials and everything come against us. I'll give you an escape route. But was that God's escape? Or is it ours? Paul, a prisoner on the ship. He takes and he stands up. And who is he among any of them? He's just another prisoner. He's another one that they're just taken away off to Rome because that's where they were headed because they found the ship to go there. He's just another prisoner, just another nobody. But yet Paul is in tune with God and he's listening. So he stands up. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we're afraid to. Sometimes we feel that we don't have anything to say. But Paul, he wasn't scared. He wasn't afraid. He stood up and he says, Men, he says, I told you that you should have listened to me. <laughs> That's comforting in the first aspect of it. Everybody would say, who in the heck are you? <laughs> but in his confidence, he says, the angel of the Lord had come to me last night. And the God in whom I serve spoke. And this is what he said. I have given every man on this boat. Their life is going to be spared. What trials do we go through? What things do we go through? And how many people do we affect in that trial that we're going through? How many people do we not even notice or recognize or even understand that when we take a stand or when we're doing something in what God has called us or told us to do that will change their life? We don't know. We don't know. But God said, he says, everybody who is with you today Everybody who is with you on this ship, okay? I have given their life to you. They are protected. So it, it's amazing, not only the responsibility we have to listen to God, okay? But the responsibility that others, uh, how much responsibility we have in our own trials and struggles and temptations and everything that we affect other people and how we can how God can work through what we go through to affect their life and if you read on I'm not going to read it again but if you read on the soldier wanted to take and kill all the prisoners is that what God said no he says, I'm giving you the lives of everybody. And so Paul gave him instruction. He said, this is what you do. Those of you who can swim, go. Get on shore. Those of you who can't, there are some things, this is what God showed me. It may not be 
correct, doctrinally, whatever. And God showed me, he says, there are some things you hang on to, okay, that you have attained, that you girded up, that you have maintained or whatever, that are true. Not all things that you believe are true, but the, there's some things that you have that there is truth in. That will take you to shore. And so it was, it was just, it was totally interesting to me and, and totally mind-boggling at the same time. You know, when God says, don't get out of the boat. Don't get out of the boat. Okay. It's not the boat that was the issue. It wasn't traveling to, to Rome that was the issue. Okay. The whole thing of this story is that God spoke a word. And that word was acted upon. It says, don't leave the boat. God said, don't leave the boat. That is what saved them. That is what kept them. That is what got them to shore. So the thing that God spoke to me, like I said, I'm not going to give you any details or anything. The thing that God spoke to me, he says, he gave me a word, and he said, are you going to stay in the boat? Are you going to trust that word no matter what happens in that storm? Are you going to trust the word that I'm going to bring through the fulfillment of that word no matter what you have to go through? And I'm going like, I don't know. I want to. I know your word is true. I know it's right. I know it brings righteousness. It brings grace. It brings peace. You know, encouragement, all that stuff, that's what your word does. But a lot of times in my own thinking, do I actually trust the word? Do I actually press through with the word? So I want to, there's a couple other scriptures that I want to read. One is in Hebrews, or sorry, Romans. Um, I don't know if you guys want to turn there or not, but it's, it's verse 4, it's 18. A lot of you guys know this verse. It says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Okay? So, just as the sailors were in the boat and lost all hope, Abraham, against all hope, believed. What did, the, what did the sailors do? They believed what Paul had spoken, and that was the word that God had given him to speak. Against all hope. And you can go through Abraham's whole story and look at all the hope and the faith. He's called the father of faith and all that stuff. You can read all that but it was against the hope. Where is your hope in your storm? 
Where is the hope in your storm? Whoops, lost that one. That's okay. Jesus, I think, was the greatest man of hope. <laughs> greatest man of faith. There was a few things that happened with him that are also very interesting because his life was laid out in Scripture. His life was totally laid out in Scripture. And he knew the Scripture. Okay. So there's, there's one spot in here. It's just after... Um, it's in John. It's in chapter uh, 7. Um, you can read the context of where it is, but he was, they, were, they were, had the vision over who Jesus was and all that stuff. He says, are you from the Father? No, he's, you know, read all the... And, and um, you know, they're asking him a whole bunch of different questions along that line. Where are you from? Who is this? You know, who do you think you are? All that stuff. And... Um, I found this interesting. It says, starting at verse 41, it says, Others said he is the Messiah. Still others, how can a Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. And it says that in a couple other different portions of Scripture. Like when he was, when, uh, when he was talking in, in the uh, temple, and um, I think it was just after he had, he had said, this is what I'm called to do, you know, to heal the sick, you know, open up blind eyes. This Scripture, when he opened up Isaiah, he said, this Scripture is fulfilled in you today. I think it was just right after that, they took and they drove him out to a cliff. And they were going to throw him over the cliff. And he turned around and walked right through the crowd. That's what it said. The peace God showed me, the peace that was in Christ, to know that his time was not yet. Because that's what Scripture said. His time was not yet. They couldn't lay a hand on him because scripture said his time was not yet. And then the part that I lost here is um, uh, it's when Jesus was walking on the road to uh, Emmaus. He was walking along. There was a couple other people that were there walking along. They were discussing stuff. And then Jesus comes alongside him and says, what are you talking about? And uh, so he takes, and it says in Scripture there, it says, he opened up the Scripture to everything that pertained to himself. And I'm going like, that's a lot of Scripture. Okay. And I think it said they had 14 miles to walk. So he had some time. What does Scripture say about us. What does it say 
to our situations and our circumstances. What does it say that we can do in those circumstances and situations? And what are we holding on to? Jesus' life was laid out in Scripture. That's why he could say to Peter at the very end, he says, Satan, get behind me. This isn't my time. You do not know the will of God because it's written in Scripture. When he was tested in the wilderness, what did he say to the devil? What did he say to Satan? It is written. And I find it very interesting in a lot of my circumstances and situations, what I want to do, going back to that story of Paul, is I want to get in the lifeboat and I want to escape what I'm going through. I want to escape the circumstances that have come against me. I want to escape the situations that I'm in. I want to escape the hassle. I want to escape all that stuff. I want to, and I want to just jump in the lifeboat and leave. But I will not be safe if I do that. So my challenge to you today is, what does Scripture say in your situation and your circumstance? that you can carry through and that you can walk through the situation because Christ said, I am not here to take you out of it. I'm here to walk with you through it. So for me, it's, you know, don't get out of the boat. Just a simple little phrase. And that just reminds me of every time that I am going through something is, are you in the boat or are you taking the lifeboat? So that's my challenge for you today.